Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Well, good morning. How good was that? Come on, how good was that? With the teens up here and the young adults. You know, we have a saying at Oasis Church, and the same is true here, I believe it. Church should be fun. Should church be fun? We're a bunch of people that got saved by the grace of God and got redeemed. Like, why, why should this not be the greatest celebration? If you've been saved, if you've been redeemed, can you just give God some praise right now? Come on, wake up this morning. Yeah, if you have loved, if you've been loved, if you've been saved, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Can you just stay for a few moments on the keys there, my brother? You, he's just making me sound so much better than I really am. It's those kind of off, yeah, what is that, a minor? Is that, yeah, everything minor. Yes. Well, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for letting me come. Welcome to everybody here that it's your first time and those online watching. And uh, I'm JP, like Pastor Dave said, and my wife Rachel and I, um, we pastor Oasis Church Chicago down there by UIC and um, going on six years and I just wanna say thank you. I said it when I came last time, but thank you to this house. Uh, Pastor Al and Chrissy, they are the best pastors in Chicago, and you guys are so blessed to have the best pastoral team, Pastor Tim, Pastor Dave, Pastor Jake, Jose, all of them. So just so thankful. Um, your guys' investment in faithfulness has been a, an investment into our house, and so we're a testimony of it. So thank you. And also, I wanna just give a special thanks. Um, last week, we had um, what we call our builders gathering, so all of our volunteers at Oasis came in for a, a whole day just for some investment, um, some food. How many of you know it's good to have food, too, and investment in Jesus' name? Um, and so we didn't want any of our volunteers serving during that time, minus our staff, and so we called Shy Tab. I didn't call, but our staff called the team here, and some of you, if you're here in this room, can you slip your hand up. I don't know if you're here, but if you were at our church serving last Saturday to our nursery and kids zone, if not, it's all right. But thank you so much. I don't know who they were, but there was there was four individuals there and they just loved on our children, blessed our children. Isn't it good when the church comes together? We're in this thing together. Come on, how many of you know we're in this thing together? It's not this church or that church, this house. Come on, it's not that house. It's, it's the body of Jesus Christ doing life together. So I'm so thankful. I, uh, they said this is the second service and they don't have to clear the parking lot so I can preach as long as I want. Is that all right? But before I go any further, can, I, I just, I really felt if it's all right, um, I'm, I'm trying my best to hear from the Lord and not to just be up here trying to, trying to do this on my own strength and might, but as we were worshiping, um, if you see me turning around sometimes, it's not because I'm like seeing who's holy and lifting your hands up and who's not. It's not any of that. Um, but I just want to hear the Lord and, encourage some people in this house today. Is that all right? One, two, three, four. Fourth row. Gentleman in the black shirt. Yes, you. You're like, is he talking to me? What's your name? Yes, you. Yeah, the one that's looking going, is he talking to me? I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm Will? Will. I just want to share this. Like, I turned around and um, God is crazy in love with you. Jesus loves you. He's so, he's so for you. Listen, because um, I, I want to, I want I'm trying, I don't mean to embarrass you, but um, have you had some disappointments lately? 
So he's lifting off those off of you. He's gonna lift some burdens off of you. He's gonna lift some cares off of you. He loves you. He's for you. He's with you. He sees you. You're not just a person in a crowd of people. Like, heaven is seeing you today, and he's, he's in love with you. So we just bless you today, Will, and we're glad you're here today. Is this your first time? Welcome to the family. We're glad you're here. All right? Amen. All right. Shall we jump in this morning? Because we just got now an hour and 50 minutes instead of two hours. Uh, I want to preach a message entitled, You Are Born for This. And um, today, really, I want to give you my my message right at the beginning. I believe as as followers of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? When you died and gave your life to Jesus, not physical death, but a spiritual death, and you gave your life to Jesus Christ, Jesus took residency inside of you, right, by his Holy Spirit, and now your position is actually one of being in Christ. As a son and daughter of Jesus Christ, you are actually seated with him at his table. Come on, how many are thankful for that today? You're seated with him as, as the worship team, I think Annie said, as sons and daughters, we are seated with him, and it's the best position to be. And, and, and in that, we get, we get the opportunity to be consistently and constantly equipped by our Father to continue to go through this life. And one of the great things that the Father gives us in our life through the Holy Spirit every single day is to be a people that live out victory every day. How many of you know, like we, they didn't know, I didn't know the songs they were singing today before I came, but there's a thread line today of victory chains being broken, coming from death to life. Like this is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he takes dead people and makes them alive and they're not only alive, but they get to walk victorious every single day of their life. That's not some gimmick. That's not some genie in a bottle hoping and wishing. It's the truth of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive inside of us, amen? So that the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in me, I get to walk in victory power every single day. He is calling his body to be equipped with victory today. How many of you want a touch from God today? How many of you need a strengthening from the Lord today? He's gonna give it to you. And, and I, I, I love the word of God. If I, if I was up here and didn't, I shouldn't be up here. I love the word of God. How many of you love your Bibles? Like, I love the word of God that the word of God teaches, it instructs, it gives examples. It ministers to me when I'm in the valley. It it helps me continue to rejoice when I'm on the mountain. The Word of God is active. This thing is alive. It's breathing. It speaks. Come on, we need to stop being a people that dissect the Word and find all. We need to let the Word dissect us. Like this thing is, this is incredible. And so when, I, when I'm hearing the Lord say, Jay, there's a calling for the body to walk in victory, I, I'm not going, okay, let me conjure up some stuff. I'm going to the word to see examples of people, men and women that walked in victory every day. Because the word of God not only teaches us who the Father is and who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit, it shows us examples of ordinary people, hello, doing extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. I've said it before, we think that people in the Bible are just like superheroes. Like, like when I, I read my, my son, I got a, a son, he's three, I got a daughter, he, she's one, but my son, he, he's now starting to understand a little bit, and he, he thinks that, that, um, that the Bible story characters are the same as the Paw Patrol characters. We're, we're in trouble, pray for me. But I keep telling him, son, they're just ordinary people, people like you, kids like you, adults like me that just said yes to God. You know, the greatest thing you can do is just saying yes to God. 
He doesn't need perfect people. He's not looking for people to have it all together. He's not looking for any of that. He's just looking for people that have said yes to God. What if would it look like if a whole bunch of people in this room just said yes to God every single day and said, God, I am born for this moment. You've called me here for such a time as this. You've placed me here in this city for such a time as this. Isn't it funny that we're all alive in this moment today, in this day and age? The reason why he's called you here for this day and age. And so we're just saying our yes to him. So I went to the story of David. I love David's story. It's a story of a whole lot of different things that happened throughout his life. And we're gonna look at one of the moments that, that defined him greatly. But I wanna talk about what led up to that moment for, for his greatness in this moment. Because I really believe God's gonna equip us to walk out of here to live lives of victory. Amen? Amen? So I'm gonna read a passage of scripture that when you read it, it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? But most of us know this story, but the language here is really, it's really strong, but it's, it's the truth of David's posture of where he stood knowing who he was in Christ. Are you ready? So, so go to your Bibles, 1 Samuel 17. This is the story of David and Goliath. How many of you know that story? Hands up, this is participation. <laughs> I'm gonna read the end of this story. So that as we talk about leading this up, we know the outcome of what happened. How many of you know it's really good to know the outcome of what's ahead? Okay, let me say it this way. I know where I'm going. I know whose I am. So when I know those things, it's a lot easier. It's not always perfect, mess up a lot, but it helps me keep going. We have to remind ourselves of where we are and where we're going, amen? And so David's standing before the giant, this giant that yelled and screamed and messed with the, the people of God for 40 days. Now David is standing there and he's standing before him and he says these words, verse 45 in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. That's a really good place to say amen, church. Whom you've defied. This day, this is nuts. I'm not condoning any violence. Hear me, hear me. Right, hear me, yes? But we fight a supernatural battle. Hear me, church. I'm not trying to be some stranger things, guys, but this is real. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting principalities of darkness and rulers of this, right? We need to understand that this is a supernatural battle, but we have victory in Jesus' name. He says, you come at me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. <laughs> this very day I will give you the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. In the whole world, the whole world, the whole world, will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. Come on, say that together. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Jesus, by your name today, we pray, God, that you would speak through your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence that's here right now. We join in with all of heaven saying, holy, 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 Worthy is the lamb that was slain. You're gonna, you're gonna transform lives today. You're gonna call people home. You're gonna have adoption here today for people into your kingdom. You're gonna strengthen this house today. And you're gonna help us to become a people that walk in victory. So I ask that your will be done. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen, amen, amen and amen. So I wanna to talk today about this, this idea of walking in victory, being a people that are equipped to do what we're called to do. 
As a believer of Jesus Christ, I said it, we are called to do great and mighty things. Every single one of you in this room, you have a purpose that God has placed inside of you and you alone. No one else has received the DNA that's inside of you. No one else has received the fingerprints that are on your hand. You're the only one that received that. Amen, do you know that to be true, right? Like, like God, has, God, has, God has spoken life over you. He's spoken purpose over you. He's spoken destiny over you. And he's calling us to become a people that are equipped by him every single day. And as we become equipped by God and by his presence and by his word, we actually get activated in the kingdom of God. We get activated to do what his word says we are called to do. How many of you believe that it's not a call for us to just sit on the sidelines anymore? Like at, being able, oh, let me say it this way. Coming to Jesus wasn't just a ticket out of hell card. I'm thankful that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But when you come to Jesus, your life gets activated to start bringing heaven to earth. Am I talking to anybody today? Like we're called as believers of Jesus Christ to get in this thing and start to see his kingdom come, a kingdom that is now and yet to come, a kingdom that is here, but not yet fully here, right? But we get to be a people that say, no, I am born for this moment to see your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And it comes through saying, Lord, equip me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, it's, it's not by my might or by my power, but it's by yours. You know, it's, it's really good to know what you're built for and what you're not built for. Okay, I, I, was, I was graduated college. I was, I was at the university. I was working for a university for some years. And um, I, I played soccer all through college. It may not look like it today, don't judge me. But, but I, was, I was fit, okay? I was fit. My wife says, I'll just take you as you are. I'm like, thank you, babe. I love you today. But it was, it was, it was two years after school, and my, my fitness levels started to decline a little bit. But someone came to me and said, hey, Jay, um, we want you to sign up for this mini triathlon that we're doing. And I was like, oh, bet. Yeah, I'm an athlete. Triathlon, mini, even better. And so I said, sign me up. And they, I said, when is it? They're like, oh, it's, like, it's in five months. You got some time to train. I said, training? Okay, sure. So I called my dad. My father, he, he, he did the Ironman in Hawaii. Do you guys know what that is? So, so there's a standard, there's a bar in our house. So I called him, I said, Dad, I'm doing a mini triathlon. He said, great, have you started to swim? I said, swim? I said, I swim all the time. We come over to the pool, we hang out, we do all sorts of stuff. He said, son, have you started to do laps in the pool? I said, no. Why would it, well, I'm, I'm fit, I run, I work out. He said, son, you better get in the pool. I said, okay, dad, you know, kids, like, sure. Three months go by, I don't step foot in the pool. The day comes, it's a mini triathlon. We're in the pool, on the pool deck, Pastor Dave. And I, and I get there and I'm like, oh man, this, I don't look as fit as everybody else. What's going on here? And I, I get up on the starting block, is this okay? Like I get up on the starting block and I'm looking down the waist and everybody's got these like really tight, Shorts on, Speedo-esque, like swim. I got board shorts on. Like legit board shorts. <laughs> and I'm looking around, I'm like, why does everybody have things on their heads? What is that? Like swimmer's caps, I have nothing. And then I'm like, goggles. I have no goggles. I have no goggles. <laughs> I need goggles now. I'm like, does anybody have an extra pair of goggles? This poor kid walks up to me, he's like, here, you might need these. I was like, thank you so much. The thing goes off, I start swimming. I'm swimming for my life, y'all. Like, I'm like, I'm determined. Ain't nobody gonna stop me. I built for this. I was born for this moment. 
How many of you know I got to the end of that pool, I tapped the pool, the side of the pool, I turned around and started swimming back. I felt like a gorilla fell on top of me. I was drowning, y'all, to the point where someone had to walk, this is not even a joke, someone had to jump in the pool, pull me up and be like, it's okay, come on, let's get to the side. This is a true story. They're like, can you finish? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna finish doing this the whole way. 27 laps. I doggy paddled 27 laps in Jesus' name. I made it, but I doggy paddled all the way. So dumb. I get out of the pool, I have to get on the bike. I said, guys, I retire. I was not built for that. You know why? Because I didn't take the time to get equipped for that. David shows up to a battlefield and he speaks to a giant, and he doesn't have to take that time right there to get equipped all of a sudden. He took time throughout his life to get equipped to face what God had called him to face. Being a person of victory, we have to take the time of equipping to walk this thing out, because life's gonna come, the giants are gonna come, the battles are gonna come, the things are, they're happening right now, and we need to take time with the Lord to say, Lord, equip and strengthen my life to be a person that's not drowning in a pool, but being a person that stands before the giant and says, in Jesus' name, you will not have the last word over my life, because I know who my God is, I know what I've said, he said about me, you know, the presence of God is the greatest equipping. Y'all, like, to hear that, how old was that kid, 13? I don't even know what I was doing at 13, but I wasn't writing Bible studies. What a powerful testimony to just sitting in the presence of God and getting equipped. You were born for this moment. You were called by God for this moment, and he wants to equip us, church. He wants to strengthen us, church. He wants to do great and mighty things in us, church. He wants to set people free, church. He doesn't want people to be bound today. He wants to actually equip you to walk out of bondage, bondage today. Like that song we were singing, it said, chains break off, right? Chains break off. Like he's in the business of breaking chains. It's not a cliche thing to do. It's true. I'm a testimony of it. He broke alcoholism in one second in my life. Why? Because that's what he's in the business of doing. He's in the business of breaking chains to equip me to become the person that he's called me to be before the When I was in my mother's wombs and he was knitting me together perfectly, he called me, he destined me, he purposed me, and he said, Jay, you're not bound. You're a son of the king in that moment. And now I gotta walk this thing out. He's looking to equip the body. He's looking to equip the body to, to feed the sick, to give sight to the blind, to live hospitably in your homes, to open up your homes. Oh, it's just my safe space. This is my safe zone. When you came to Jesus, I'll just give you an extra sermon on hospitality. When you came to Jesus, you gave up the right to have your space, safe space. This is my safe zone. You don't have a safe zone. Your life is safe in Jesus. You gave up all. I'll preach that. I'll let you preach that message later, Pastor. He's equipping people to open up their homes to neighbors. I don't like my neighbor. Well, then you might want to pray. You don't know my neighbors. You don't know what they're doing. No, no, I do. I had a neighbor last night till, till midnight or like 11.30 pumping music with like 16 speakers. And I was like, in Jesus' name, can you shut it off? <laughs> He's equipping us to do great and mighty things, to see a supernatural kingdom come and rest upon a natural world, to see people raised from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> to see miracles, to see healings. To see cancer spoken out of bodies in one moment, right? To see backs come into an alignment. He's in the business of doing it. He's just looking to say, body, believers, I need to equip you to do it. 
You're born for this, but let me equip you to do it. I want to create in you a, uh, the same thing that David was able to carry, a spirit of courage and a victory to not give up when it gets hard, to not shrink when it gets crazy, but to step forward in faith every single day. Amen? So, so David does all this, right? And he, and he stands there before a giant and he says these words, powerful words. But I want to just share with us a couple things that David did prior to the battle. Can I do that? What time is this service done? 2.30? No, for real. 12.30? 12.30? Can we get to 12? we going to be all right? Oh, you refilled this. That was really full in Jesus' name. Four things, all right? Here we go. David, if we can learn from him to walk this thing out, to declare and say we were born for this, the very first thing that we get from David's life there in 1 Samuel 16 is this, David lived a life of diligence in the mundane. We all want victory. You know where victory is won? In the private, mundane moments of our lives. Victory is not won when you're on the platform. Victory is won when you're in the private moments where nobody else sees you. Now I'm talking to a church that your pastor has DNA of a leader and it's this whole thing, privately healthy, publicly fruitful. It's ministered in my life time and time again. If you have not done it, plug, get it, download it, take it, it's amazing. That changed my life. Like, like, like David is a mighty example of someone that said, I'm gonna do something great, I'm called to do something great, but right now, I'm gonna learn in the moments where nobody else sees me. I'm gonna discover who I am when nobody else is around. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit speak identity and purpose and all that stuff when no one else is around him. David, so, so if I could paraphrase some scriptures, go read your Bibles at home. Go read 1 Samuel 16 and 17. It's really good. Amen? For the sake of time, I, I don't have to, to read all this, but, but verses 6 through 20, it shares how Samuel comes to anoint the king of Israel. So Samuel comes and says, I'm going to anoint the next king of Israel. And so he calls David's dad and he says, get all your sons into the house. And so he gets them all in the house and Samuel's looking going, no, no, no. Not here. Do you have another son? He's like, Jesse's like, oh yeah, I have one more. <laughs> Talk about that moment as David. Could you imagine his brother saying to David, hey, he forgot about you. You ever been left at a grocery store by your parents? <laughs> just counseling moment, just healing in Jesus' name. Jesse's like, I have one more. Come here, go get David. Where's David? David's out in the, the field taking care of sheep. Do you know how cool and glamorous it is to take care of sheep in a field? Not at all. Do you know how smart and fun sheep are? Not at all. They're really dumb. Like, it's a nightmare to be a shepherd. You're literally corralling animals that have no sense of reality at all. You're, this is not glamorous. So David is in this field taking care of the responsibilities that his father asked him to take care of and doing it with diligence, and he gets called into the house. And he walks into the house. Can you just imagine the scene? He's like, why is everybody here? They're like, Samuel's like, I'm here for you. I'm gonna anoint you as the next king over Israel. What? Can you imagine David? Well, what about him? What about him? No, you. Okay. <laughs> this is how I think scripture. Okay. You, sure. And it says it gets anointed king. And then the next couple verses, you hear how Saul, the current king of Israel, is being tormented by a spirit in the palace. And he says, hey, does anybody know how to deal with this? And one of the servants of Saul says, I know a kid. His name's David, Jesse's son. He's in the fields right now, taking care of sheep. And Saul says, go get him. 
Okay, catch this. This is crazy. David gets called in, gets anointed king, and then where does David go? Where does David go? Come on, church, you're smart. Back to the field to do what? Deal with dumb sheep. If I get anointed king, I'm with Samuel, I'm with whoever, I'm like, get the chariots, get the horses, get the cars, get everything. Where's the people? Where's the food? I'm ready to be king. Just me? Like, oh, promotion? I'm there. Oh, you want me to, you want me to elevate it? You want me to be, oh, elevate me, go ahead. And God said, no, 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 David. Just because I've called you doesn't mean you're ready yet. Your dreams haven't come? Stop trying to do it on your own might and strength. Maybe get equipped with the Lord in the mundane moments right now. I remember when Rach and I got married, we, we, we knew we were called to plant a church, but many people don't know this, that, that three years prior, for a whole year, I was at the university by myself. And what I mean by myself is, I was genuinely by myself every day in an apartment that I made a joke was the size of this podium. Like I was in this little tiny apartment every single day. And you know what's crazy? My phone stopped ringing. Friends stopped calling me during that year. People stopped inviting me to places. I felt like I was literally crying one day before God. This was early on in that year. And I said, God, am, am, I, am I just not liked by anyone? Am I not loved? He's like, no, you're loved. I was like, well, where are all my friends? He's like, he's like Jay, this is an equipping time. This is a time of great equipping. So in this year, how you handle this year really matters. You're gonna take this year and you're gonna be strengthened by my word. You're gonna discover my presence. I didn't understand presence until I sat in that year in my apartment weeping. My, my, my apartment, I'm not trying to be some spiritual guy, forgive me, but it's true. I'm not a crier, but there was a place in my apartment where there were more tears laid before the Lord in that moment than my entire life. Like I understood in that moment when nobody else was around, when nobody else was watching. I didn't choose the Netflix. Is Netflix bad? No, but I didn't choose to do certain things because the calling on my life, God has, was instilling it but he called me to do some preparing in some moments where nobody else would see it. God does not skip grades. He does not elevate people without being prepared. And he's looking to the body going, you have been called to be born for a life of victory. Let me prepare you, God says. Let me strengthen you, God says. Let me instill the word in you, God says. Stop reading blogs. Stop trying to get sermon podcasts to download into your spirit. Hello, we're sermon junkies today. Can I say that? We literally have more sermons and podcasts available today, and we're sermon junkies. We're like, oh, this sermon, bless me. Yes, I believe that sermon's blessed, and I believe, but the word of God in your own time will bless you and will feed you and will tell you things that no man could ever tell you. I'm telling you right now. He wants to equip you. He wants to strengthen you. But your private life matters because in the private, you get great strength to go face the giants that are ahead. Okay, so fast forward. You doing all right, church? So fast forward then. So David is then called by Saul to go minister to him. And now the battle's unfolding in front of him. The people of Israel are there now with the Philistine army and Goliath is tormenting and shouting at, at, the, at the people of God. And Jesse calls his son David and says, hey, Dave, come here. Um, you're gonna take some food and some supplies because your brothers are at the battlefield. And so David, like anybody, just an obedient kid, was like, sure, I'll do it, right? How, how many of you know David honored his father's word in that moment? Because some of us, if we got anointed king, you'd be like, I'm not doing that. Hello, am I preaching to anybody? Just, that's just a little love, love, right? I'm not taking anything to my brothers. I'm a king. 
And David said, no, 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 I'm gonna honor. You know, honor is crucial for us to catch right now. In this day and age, in this hour, in this cultural moment, honor is huge. Please go to the scriptures and learn honor. It'll change your life. So David gets, gets this stuff. That was a really good place to say amen. But like he gets this stuff and he starts walking towards the battlefield. And when he gets to the battlefield there in 1 Samuel, 17 verses 20, uh, 20 through 30. You can go back and read it, but he gets there and the, the giant is standing there. So verse 23, I don't think the team has that, but that's okay. It, it, it says that David arrived there and he, he ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. So David now is at the battle. He's saying, brothers, how are you? In verse 23, it says this. And as he was talking with them, his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance and David heard it. So David now is hearing a, a giant speaking, right? But keep going. It says that then David starts to ask, well, why is this guy standing here still? Why is this giant? We are the people of God. Like, what are we doing? Right, I'm paraphrasing, don't judge me, but you're right. And he says, what is happening? <laughs> and so then he goes to his brothers. This is so crucial. He goes to his brothers. And his brother there in verse 28, it says this, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, how many of you know, oftentimes those closest to us will hurt us the most. But guess what, church? Our response is what matters. That was you know, forgiveness is the way of a believer. Well, you don't know what they did to me. No, I have no idea, but I know what Jesus called us to do. And he says, forgive. Let go of bitterness, offense. I said it earlier in the first service, but offense and bitterness, holding onto it, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I didn't come up with that. I've heard it my whole life. It's a good thing. Because every time I'm like, man, I wanna just, mm, God's like, forgive. I'm like, God, you don't know what they did. He's like, forgive and the supernatural blessing of God upon in my life when we forget. Okay, but catch this. It said that David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David's brother, let me paraphrase that, he's not speaking kindly to him. He's saying, yo, bro, what are you doing? Are you out of your mind? You just came here to see us get killed and destroyed? Like, who do you think, who do you think you are? I love this, in verse 29. Now what have I done, David said? Kindness. I don't believe that was sarcasm. What have I done to you? Kindness. Can I even speak? I love this. He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. This is important. When you... Stay diligent in the shadows and in the mundane. You learn how to shut off opposing voices in your head. It's the truth. This world today that we're living in, we are hearing all sorts of opposing voices more than ever before. I mean, I don't have my phone, but our phone, the amount of things that we're intaking, we were not created to do that. Hear me. Like we're not, like, like I said it the last time I was here, but our, even our attention span has decreased lower than goldfish. We're doing great. We're not designed to have all these voices and all these things coming at us at one time. That was not the creation. And we're surely not designed as sons and daughters of the king to be listening to the voices of death, of our past, of our past failures, of our mistakes 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, last night. 
We're called to receive new mercy every day. We're called to listen to the voice of the Almighty God that says to me, I am a son. I am paid for. I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not perfect. I am not arrived yet. But I'm surely not going to listen to some voices of some things that are opposing what God's called me to do. And David, it says, he looks at his brother and just goes like this. This is my, this is my version. Bless you. Where's the giant? We need to learn, believers of Jesus Christ, that the life of victory, for some of us, it's just shutting off some noise. Can I go deep? Can I go a step further? Maybe it's deleting the phone number. You know that 2 a.m. phone number for some of you single people? I'm talking to, talking to the single, 2 a.m. Texas, you know, I have a young church, so I have to talk this way to them because they're like, oh, I get it now. I'm like, okay. Delete the number. You think, you, you think you're gonna find that, that to be the satisfaction? It's gonna kill you. It's gonna destroy you. Cancel the phone numbers of the people that are like, hey, come on out, it's good Friday night, let's go get turned. And it's like, what? No, I'm gonna stay in the presence of God tonight. Because Friday night, I'm gonna stay in the presence of God tonight. I'm gonna stay. I'm not, I'm not talking from not having an experience of this. I got saved at 22. Forgive me for the personal story. I got saved at 22. I got a phone call three days later from one of my best friends at that time. I was in his wedding. And he said to me, Jay, come on over. Forgive me if I've shared this with you before. But he said, come on over. We're having another night. Put the, you put the pieces together. He's like, we're gonna have all sorts of fun. <laughs> and I was like, yo. I felt the Holy Spirit say, shut it. <laughs> That's how I talk to God. I was like, yo. And he was like, what? I remember being like, I, 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 can't, I can't, I can't, why am I saying this? I, I can't, you know, you feel like you're having an out-of-body moment. You're like, what is happening? Like, I was like, I can't come. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> Jesus, I, I encountered Jesus. <laughs> couple days ago and he's like he's like yeah I heard and I was like oh good um I was like oh good this is gonna be an easier conversation he's like I was like I just I just feel some I can't come um you would think that he'd be like oh praise the Lord God bless you he said more words to me that I cannot share in this moment than I've ever heard before how I was this how I was that how I was self-righteous how I was da, da, da. he just went down the list like how dare you and he hung up the phone now, every part of me being a people pleaser, I was like, oh, I wanna call him back. Be like, I'll be there in five minutes. And the Holy Spirit said, no, stay. I'll deal with him. Stop listening to a voice that's not mine. Can I tell you, three years later, I got a phone call randomly from an unknown number and I pick it up and it's him. And his marriage was in a mess. And he said, Jay, I don't know who else to call, but the only person that I knew to call was you. Can I talk to you? Can you pray with me? And we prayed together. Their marriage is going strong today. Their marriage is blessed today. But if I decided to listen to those voices, I would have been going somewhere that God never called me to go. Some of us are in a place right now. You're like, why did God put me here? He didn't put you here. You just listened to a different voice. There's mercy. There's grace. But David had to go, no, I'm not even gonna listen to the voice of a family member that's calling me off course. We honor our family. We love our family. We don't speak harshly to them. He blesses them and says, I, I, okay, thank you, and moves towards the battlefield, all right? We gotta shut off opposing voices. Shut off the blogs. Shut off the TV stations. Shut it all off. Listen to God and his word. 
His word talks about how to handle situations like today. His word actually has truths of how to handle 2022 today. His word actually tells us how to be kingdom people in a world today that is dark and dreary. Like he says who we're called to be. Okay, so the third thing then that, that happens in this story, this is gonna help us today. We gotta learn how to live in our kingdom identity. So David, right, has this moment where he's like, bless you, where's the giant? But David's human, right? Right? A righteous man falls, but gets up. You hear that? Righteous man falls, but he gets up. And so David goes in and gets called in by Saul the king, and the king brings him in and says, hey, David, I heard you're gonna take care of the giant. Thank you. Like, like nobody else is willing to, but somehow you, this little shepherd boy, is willing. So great. Praise the Lord. Um, great. Before you go out there to face the giant, this is paraphrasing there, but for, he goes, put my armor on you. Now, 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 the armor of a king was the best armor. Like, 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 if the king died, they're in trouble, yes? So like the king's armor was some of the heaviest, it was the most fortified, and so Saul thinking, like, this man's gonna go face a giant, he's gonna go take on a battle that, 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 that Saul's probably facing wars, and all he's like, you need to put on my armor, David. And David just, I have a moment, I just believe he had a moment lapse of judgment or maybe he was trying to honor Saul, whatever the case was, and he puts the armor on him. And the scripture says that as David began to walk, it began to weigh him down to the point where David's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Recalibrate, Holy Spirit, like help me, get this off of me. Get this armor that's not mine off of me. You know what I get from that? If we're gonna walk in victory, we gotta stop wearing other people's victories. We gotta stop wearing other people's armors. We gotta stop being like other people. Hello? Hello? You can, I, I get blessed. I get blessed when people walk in victories and see miracles, but I, I rejoice in the Lord, but I get to walk in my own victory and miracle. This is not about a me thing. This is me knowing who I am in Jesus, so my identity as a son gets all access that the other person got access to. Just because I'm up here on stage doesn't give me some special anointing to God's throne room of grace. We all get the same place and position. But we gotta learn how to live kingdom identity. David's like, get this armor off of me. Get it off. Just give me my slingshot and my spear and my javelin because I know that God was with me when I was a shepherd, when the lion came and when the bear came. So now this giant that's in front of me, I've already faced this stuff. It may be a little bigger, it may be a little stronger, but just give me the armor, God, that you've placed inside of me. Tell me to walk in the purpose and the dreams and the visions and the talents and the abilities that you put inside of me. I don't wanna be like anybody else. We're almost done, but it's so important today for the church to know who we are in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, when you declare daily that you're a son or a daughter of the king, and that makes you royalty, mighty like a warrior, brave as can be, everywhere I go, I know my God is with me. When we declare that, I speak that over my son and daughter every day because I want them to know their identity. I want them to know that their identity is not in their talents. Their identity is in God who gave them their talents. I want my daughter to know that no man is gonna tell her how valuable she is. It's gonna be God and me, period, and all her crazy uncles. It's gonna be my son knowing, son, you're gonna raise, be raised up to be a mighty warrior full of integrity, character, and strength. You're gonna walk in the identity of a God-fearing man. You're not gonna worry about what your friends are doing or what this people group, you're gonna know your identity. We need to understand and receive kingdom identity every day if we're gonna walk in victory. 
When we understand uh, kingdom identity, we get to walk into situations and be the solution. Hear me. You get to walk into a hospital room when it's dark and and doesn't know how it's gonna work out, but you get to bring in the presence of God because you know who you are in Christ. You're a kingdom maker. You're a kingdom changer. Is this okay today? So David says, get this off of me. I'm going to the battlefield. And then the last thing is this. David does something so profound. I love this. This is for all of us today. David shows up to the battle and he proclaims what I read there at the beginning. He says, hey, yo, Goliath, you Philistine giant. You come at me with all your stuff, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. See, when you, when you know who you are, when you know what God's put inside of you, when you listen to God's voice only, and when you operate in the shadows, you get to walk in the authority of Jesus' name. Listen, there is nothing else more powerful on this earth than walking in the authority of Jesus' name. That does not mean, hear me, to start posting things and start being all crazy and walking up to people and be like, I walk in Jesus' name. Like, don't be a weirdo. But be full of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. David says, you look at, my God is gonna take care of you today. Hey, job loss, my God's gonna take care of me today. Hey, this so-called recession, what? I know who has me. I know that's drastic. That's all, oh, Pastor. No, that's that's the kingdom. Do we believe he owns a cattle on a thousand hills? Do we believe he's a great provider? Then why in the world are we listening to fear? My bank account is not controlled by me. It's controlled by God. Oh, oh, oh hey, hey, Mountain, my son and daughter aren't following you. Goliath, in Jesus' name, my son and daughter is gonna come back home. My son and daughter are gonna know you. My, my mom, and I'll close, I'll close with this and the worship team can come. We're gonna pray for people. I said I got saved at 22. My mom and dad are God-fearing people. They love the Lord. But I was a mess. I saw things in the church growing up in this thing, and I chose to fix my eyes on those voices instead of the voice of the king. And it took me down a path and a place that I, I was never called to go. But I was lost, y'all. So I was home from breaks oftentimes in college. And I would come home from being out all night. And I would wake up in a bedroom with my mother at the edge of my bed. Moms, pray for your kids. Dads, pray for your kids. And my mom, my mom would, I'd be like so kind of out of it, like, what is happening? Is this a ghost? Like, what's happening? And she'd be just saying, in Jesus' name, my son is not lost. In Jesus' name, my son is not going to, to, to fall prey to this anymore. In Jesus' name, my son will change the world. And my, my mother is declaring this in Jesus' name over my life. She's, and I, you know, I'm covering my head like, stop, please, just, you know. But she did not stop declaring the name of Jesus over the battle that was in front of her. I have not stopped declaring the name of Jesus over the battles that are in front of me. I have not and will not stop declaring the blood of Jesus when trials come, when pain comes, when loss comes, when all sorts of circumstances seem too hard and heavy. I will not stop proclaiming the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's my inheritance. It's my portion. It's the one that goes before me and is behind me and is all around me. It's his presence that, 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 that takes down battles, that takes down giants that I could never do. It's the name of Jesus. And we get to walk, church, wake up. We get to walk in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with the fruit of the Spirit, to be people of love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Forgive me, translation in the back. I'm trying to go slow. 
walking in the authority of Jesus, we walk in that, the fruit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of his gifts. This is our portion, church. Come on, church, this is, he's calling to equip his body. The fan days of Jesus, is, they're done. Can I say that? Just being a fanboy or fangirl of Jesus, well, he's just, Sunday, it's cool. Just the love, he, yeah, it's, it's cool on Sundays. The worship team, yeah, you guys were good today. Thanks for leading us, like it. Oh, the word, yeah, it was okay. Like I just yelled at us for an hour. Funnier in my head. Those days are over. He's looking today for a bride, a church that's equipped and walking in all authority and power of his name today to be committed to him through every season, through every trial, through every storm, to not shrink, to not give up, but to walk in the love of Jesus Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. How many of you would say amen to that this morning? You were born for this time. You were called by God for this time. It's time today to shut off the voices, to stop wearing other people's identities on your life, to stop listening to anything else except the voice of a good father and watch as you walk in power and authority in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen?